This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And when he says that in verse 3, Verily I say unto you, it's like he's looking at each one of them individually eye to eye, one to one, and saying while looking into their eyes of each other person, I have this to say to you, Peter. I have this to say to you, John. I have this to say to you, James. And on and on he goes to each person, just like the Lord in verse three looks at each one of us personally and individually and using our name, he says, I have this to say to you in our name. And so the little child's in front, She's on center stage, and the Lord makes this shocking, really, it's a shocking announcement. It's very shocking. He says, except you be converted, he uses the word converted, except you be converted and become as his little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, the disciples were wanting to know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And he's saying, never mind about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, but I'm talking about even getting into the kingdom of heaven. And shockingly, He's talking about being converted and becoming his little child. Converted? I already was converted when I accepted Christ as my Savior. What are you talking about? Converted? I thought when I was converted and I received Christ that that was all I needed to get into heaven. But Christ is again using the word converted, and it's not talking about receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. Christ in verse 3 is not talking about being converted by accepting Christ as personal Savior. He's talking about a conversion to become what we are not naturally, a conversion that results in becoming like little children. And then the Lord says that this is a conversion that's so important it determines whether or not you're going to go into heaven. Heaven? Heaven's on the line? Depending on whether I convert and become like a little child, he says, yes. It's exactly what he's saying in verse three. Unless a person becomes what they are not naturally, like a little child, he can't enter heaven. Whoa, that's heavy. Unless I become what I'm not, like a little child, I can't enter to heaven. Whoa. Okay, that means 
that I have to convert my thinking to think like a little child. That means that I have to convert my estimation of myself and see myself as a little child sees himself. That means I have to convert what I rely on to rely on what a little child relies on. That means I have to convert my goals and my desires in life to have the same goals that a little child has. That means I have to convert how I see others to see others as a little child sees others. That means I have to convert how I see God as a little child sees God. And just right there, those things I just went over, those are a lot of things to convert my thoughts, my estimation of myself, what I rely on, number four, my goals and desires, number five, how I see others, number six, how I see God. That's a lot of conversions. That's a lot of conversions that we have to do. And those are not just options, those are imperatives to get into heaven. A lot of conversions. But wait, when I look at a little child, I see that that child has got a life of conversions. That child's can get conversions all the time. Every time a little child does something wrong and he's corrected with a no, 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 that little child learns, repents, and hope, hope he doesn't do it again, and that little child has been converted. Just like every time we do something wrong and God corrects us with a no, 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 we learn, we repent, and that we don't do that wrong thing again, we become converted, which is why the Lord Jesus used that same word, converted, when he referred to Peter denying the Lord and Peter learning and Peter repenting and Peter not doing it again of denying the Lord. And the Lord used the word converted to describe Peter's experience in Luke 22, 31. Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. This all means that in our lives, we go through a lot of conversions, many conversions every time we step out of the way, every time we step out of line, every time we step out of the way into some sin and we learn and we step back in line, we step back into the way through repentance, we are converted from that sin. Now, the disciples are wondering, what has this little kid this little child got to do with our question of who's going to be the greatest. And the Lord uses one word to, to show the link between the little child and their question, and the word is therefore. He says in verse four, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Oh, their question of who's going to be the greatest was born out of pride, obviously, born out of pride. And the Lord was saying they needed to humble themselves away from that question of pride. So the Lord is calling us to look at ourselves, to look at a little child, and learn from that little child how to humble ourselves. Look at a little child, and then look at ourselves and see what we have that that little child does not have. A little child does not have pride. That means that when we have pride and arrogance, that's the time for us to handcuff those two culprits of pride and arrogance Take them around the back to the firing line and ready, aim, fire, kill it. And a little child doesn't have the pride of ambition, ambition. And a little child doesn't have the pride of a desire to receive honor from others. 
and the little child doesn't have a proud desire to dominate others, which means that when we have the ambition and the desire to be honored and to rule others, those are thoughts that have to be taken around the back and shot. And instead of using the word shot, the Bible uses the words mortify. Mortify, Colossians 3.5, Colossians 3.5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Little children, they see themselves as little. They are little. They see themselves as little. And little children, little tiny children, they want milk because milk is what they want and they want that'll make them grow. And for us to become like little children means that we ourselves see ourselves as little and we want to grow. We should never see ourselves as having arrived at having stopped growing. A little child never looks at himself and says, oh, I'm all grown up now and I don't need to grow up anymore. No, a little child always knows he's going to grow. And in the same way, we're called to be a little child. In 1 Peter 2, 2, 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So we drink in the Bible like a little child drinks his mother's milk to grow. A little child always, you know what a little child's doing? A little child always sees others bigger than himself. And he gives places, the larger person to him. The little child is always looking up at everyone, and no one, no one looks up at a little child. They're, the little child's looking up all the time. And we're to be like little children and see others as better than ourselves. Philippians 2 3, Philippians 2 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And a little child has a tremendous capacity to trust for immediate needs. We're called to be converted and to become a trusting little child in Matthew 6.31, Matthew 6.31. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink and wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. And a little child, a little child has a tremendous image of his parents. Oh, his father, his mother, they can do anything, any money they need. They just write a check, whatever it is. The little child knows that his parents will take care of him. And we are to become a little child also, knowing that our Heavenly Father will take care of us. And you know one thing amazing about little children? They don't worry. That's amazing. They don't worry. You never find a little child sitting with his head in his hand saying, I'm so worried about how the stock market's going to do today. You never see that. Little children, they just wake up during the day. They just wake up and they're only concerned about the present. That's all they're concerned about, the present. Just like the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 6.34, Matthew 6.34, take therefore no thought for the morrow. The morrow will take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Little kids don't think and they don't fret over tomorrow. And also another thing about little kids, they don't think and fret over the past. Little kids don't worry about the future. Little kids live in the present. And that's how the Lord Jesus is telling us to live. Don't live in the past with a, oh, hey, what a hard time I had. Don't do that. And don't live in the future of, oh, hey, what am I going to do when this happens? Or this comes. We are to live in the present. That's where little children live. They live in the present where their only concerns are what I need right now. That's how we need to be, Matthew 18, 3, converted and become as little children by only living in the present and not living in the grief of the past or the worry of the future. When he said, 
In verse two, verse two, Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. Jesus said to the group, study this little child. Look at this kid, study this kid and be converted to become like this little kid, to only live in the excitement of the present. The drama of the moment gives you the excitement of the present and not in the grief of the past and not in the worry of the future because there's three realms of time. There's the past, the present, and the future, the three realms of time. And there are three adjectives to match up with each of those three realms of time. There is the grief. I don't know if that's an adjective, but anyway, that word. That's the grief of the past. That's the excitement of the present. And that's the worry of the future. And Christ does not want us to live in the grief of the, oh, my past was so terrible and I'm so damaged by past. And little children don't do that. They don't live in the grief of the past. Christ does not want us to live in the, in the worry of the future. What, what's going to happen to me? My future looks so terrifying to me. What if I'm in a crowd and I have to go to the bathroom and there's no bathroom on my bladder bursts inside of me and I die a painful death of urine in my peritoneum? Little children don't live that way. They don't live in the worry of the future. And Christ wants us to live in the excitement of the present. And I say excitement because Christ wants us to look at our present problems with the excitement of, ooh, here's a problem, here's a challenge. It's going to be exciting to see what God is going to do to meet this present issue. And that's where Christ wants us to live, and we should live our lives as if when we look back with grief over the past, we should see a big sign that says, no trespassing. When we look in the future with a worry over the future, we should see a big sign that says, no trespassing. But when we look at the present, we should be a, see a big sign that says Philippians 4, 6, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. For the present, we should see a big sign that says 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Three things for the present. Three things that are God's will for us, and they are all in the present. Rejoice right now in the presence. Pray right now in the present. Give thanks right now in the present. And God's will for us is to not live in the grief of the past, but to live instead in the First Thessalonians 5.17. Prayerful excitement for the present. It's a kind of defiance against the grief of the past to First Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice right now. God's will for us is to not live in the worry of the future, but to live in this 1 Thessalonians 5.17 prayerful excitement of the present. It's a defiance of the worry of the future is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks right now. Give me thanks right now. I've learned this with little children over the last three and a half years when it seemed like in one day, Everything fell apart. The belly of my youngest grandson, Colton, ex was extended way out, and he was rushed to the hospital August 2nd, 2018, when Colton was just three and a half years old, and he found himself there at Radius Children's Hospital. That was the date, August 2nd, 2018, when the doctor walked in the room with this grave diagnosis that Colton had a very fast-progressing acute lymphoblastic leukemia 
And if he didn't start three and a half years of chemo right away, he'd die soon. That was the diagnosis date, April 2nd, 2018. That's a date that's been, it's a very hard date, especially for his mother, who on that anniversary day cries and fights depression all day long. Because after getting a permanent catheter installed in his chest that went right to his heart, little Colton received the most harsh chemo right into his heart with doses that would kill an adult. In addition, every month he was put under general anesthesia and his little spine got a needle put into the spinal canal with very harsh chemo to go right to his little brain. And Colton's body just became inflamed with all these chemicals that he swelled up like a balloon. Hardly recognized him. Colton was in pain and the pain got bad and they gave him pain medications and over those Three and a half years, there's constant rushes to the hospital for the three-night stays with the infections because his immune system was gone. And if he didn't get those, those additional infusions with very harsh vancomycin, the antibiotic, he died. And Colton watched as some of his little friends at Radies died of cancer. They were gone. And Colton would limp from the pain in his hips and his hands became dysfunctional as the chemo, it took its toll. And for three and a half years, the whole family's on pins and needles, grieving over the past of what Colton has suffered, worried over the future of what he's going to suffer and if the cancer is going to come back and, and he's going to die. But all during this time, I was watching Colton, and Colton was amazing. Because unlike all of us, Colton didn't live in the grief of the past. And unlike all of us, Colton didn't live in the worry of the future. Colton just lived in the excitement of the present. Each day when Colton would wake up, his only concern was whether he's going to play with his trucks or not. That's all he cared about. And Colton would only talk about today and not yesterday, not tomorrow, just today. And Colton's today, we say, how are you today? He would, he had, he wanted to go. He said, it's a good day or it's a bad day. That's all. And he never talked about yesterday as a bad day. And he never talked about whether tomorrow is going to be a good day or a bad day. Only today. Today is a good day, he would say. Today is a bad day, he would say. And Christ in verse three is saying to us, become converted to be like a little child and only live in the excitement of the present and out of the grief of the past, out of the worry of the future, just like a little child live in the excitement of the present. Verse three, a verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter in the kingdom of heaven. And the very word cancer, the whole family shuddered to even say the word cancer, but not Colton, not Colton. When his little sister Kate came up and she said, I want some of your chocolates, Colton said to Kate, no. Those are only for kids who have cancer. <laughs> and Kay would reply, I want cancer. <laughs> and Jesus, in verse 2, and Jesus called the little child unto him and said, and in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. I loved working in the child evangelism booth with Scott and I at the Del Mar Fair. In that little booth there, little kids would come in and they would sit right in front of you and learn from me, but you know what I learned from them? When I taught the little children that God made them, there was not one child who said to me, uh, excuse me, can you reconcile that with the Darwinian theory of evolution? Not one kid said that. There was no resistance to the Bible, to the Bible teaching that God made them. Little children just believe without reservation. And that makes God happy to the point of saying in verse three, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. I watched a little one-year-old Karsten, 
last night at the dinner being carried around, you know, the Sunday school appreciation dinner, and all the time he's pointing to where he wants to go. He's either saying it or he's pointing, you know. Little children are not silent. They're not silent. We would like them sometimes to be silent, but they're not silent. They speak up for what they want. They point to where they want to go, and that's like prayer. And God does not want us to be silent. Prayer is speaking up. Prayer is pointing to where you want to go. Little children ask without hesitation. They believe without reservation. They ask without hesitation. And that's what the Lord Jesus is doing here in these verse, these two verses, two verses two and three, when he calls a little child, sits him in the midst of them. And he's saying, in essence, look at this little child and learn. Don't just observe to just learn. Learn to become. Learn to be converted. Learn to become converted. He says in verse three, be converted and become as little children. Be converted and become as little children who ask and pray without hesitation. Be converted and become as little children who believe the Bible without reservation. Be converted and become as little children who do not live in the grief of the past. Be converted and become as little children who do not worry about the future. Be converted and become as little children who live in the excitement of the present and they, with a trust that they will be taken care of. Be converted and become little children who live in the excitement of the present with those big eyes when they open up their eyes real big to not miss the excitement of what's coming next. And with this little child still there, the Lord then adds in verse five, in verse five, whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. He's saying a little child is so important for us that when we receive the little child, receive the little child for what? For what? To learn from the little child, to be converted, to become, we're receiving Christ in that little child to reteach us how we should live. And then the Lord had to state something very important. Important it is, how important it is that little children are to him, how important it is for little children to come to him and not be turned away. And so he finishes in verse six, in verse six, but whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Better than that. So not only do little children teach us how to live for God, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to encourage little children to go on with Christ. Little children, we have a responsibility, little children, to teach the little children about God and lead them to Christ and not do anything that would offend them to the point of them causing them to want to turn away from God. This all boils down to a matter of our calling to obey, obey the imperative of the Shema. Most people, when they say the Shema, they just read the introduction, the preface, Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And they stop there, but it's like, so? Verse 5, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So? Verse 6, and these words which I command thee shall be in thine heart. So, verse seven, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. That's the so of the Shema. So in these six verses, we started off with a problem of pride and we ended up in a classroom teaching on humility as taught by a little child. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for teaching us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.